on the Screws Podcast, episode number 101. Bryce and I want to thank everybody who's been tuning into the pod, listen to episode number 100 and the 99 prior, and just all the support we've been getting. Support from today's episode comes from trueclassictees.com. Using the promo code OTSGOLF, you can get 25% off, plus free shipping at trueclassictees.com. Get their activewear, some of the polos, some of the chinos, great stuff for fall golf at trueclassictees.com using the promo code OTSGOLF, 25% off, plus free shipping. Enjoy the pod. Three shots, four part, I just do two, one pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do, think I'll try to get on, into, start right, good line, good view, Andrew, shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs up, thanks for joining us, Andy Walker, men's head coach for Virginia Commonwealth University, VCU, creator and founder of the Dubline, inaugural Black College Coaches Association player, the coach of the year, sorry, 2022 A-10 Coach of the Year, 1997 NCAA champ at Pepperdine University, Big Break Ireland, former PGA Tour player and Web.com player. Andy Walker is joining us here. Thank you. Did I get through that okay? And uh, hey, let's keep going through. And I uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? So, uh, oh wait, hold on. And now a D1 winner. There we go. How yeah. about that? All right. Okay. And uh, father, and yeah, just all around good guy. So returning uh, pot. Well, that was probably a year and a half ago that we first chat. So um, we can just jump right into it. Maybe give us an update on on what's going on with you. You were at Lynn before and uh, yeah, a little bit of changes uh, in your world now. Yeah, you know, moved up to uh, Virginia, had a great opportunity up here at BCU. Um, you know, was was entertaining a, a few D1 programs and, uh, and, and this one kind of led the charge from the whole, you know, from the, from the moment this one opened, this was the one I wanted. And um, and a bunch of like-minded people up here from the AD, uh, you know, Edmund Thoffin to um, all of the, the courses and resources and, and just everyone at the athletic department was great. And they all had a real winning mindset um, and uh, expected excellence. And so, um, you know, I jumped on board and now we're into year two and, uh, and I couldn't be more stoked to, uh, you know, to, to get into this, to the season. So if you're listening to us into the car and not watching us over on YouTube, we got Bryce here too. Welcome, Bryce. What's going on? So, um, you know, what was the transition like for you, A-Dub? Um, I've known Andy for like a little while now, so A-Dub's a nickname. Um, that comes from like the dub line kind of thing. So um, we talked about that a little bit on the last pod. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit here. But uh, what was that transition like for you? Like, uh, you know, is there any big difference between going from, uh, you know, D2 to D1? Anything that really sticks out for you yeah there is i mean it, it's you know at, at the d2 um we were the top dog you know we we're the we we're the best team in the country we just come off national championship uh um uh and in in the top of of d2 there's probably you know 10 to 12 teams that are kind of elite and then there's a little bit of you know parity you know after that and here at the at the d1 level i mean you've got 150 teams that are really good right right so um you know you always say when you're at the d2 like oh if i had that team at the d1 i'd have them top five team in the year right and it's like you get here and it's like uh how do we crack that top 100 right so right um you know so there's so many really good players here obviously the the budgets are a lot bigger um the impact on the school may be the same but it's just at a grander stage, right? So, I mean, it's like everyone in Richmond, when you go to the golf courses, they all know that you're your VCU's coach and it means something. There's a lot of alumni at, at all the golf courses that we go to. So it's a pretty big deal. Um, and so it's just, everything is just kind of magnified. I think that the the amount of good players, you know, good players are good players anywhere. A guy that's going to shoot 60, 72 may shoot 60, you know, 71, but there's just going to be a lot more of them here. Um, you know, I just think the whole atmosphere is a lot bigger and, um, you know, it's a fun deal. Before we get like into the season and stuff, is there anything that you notice with the players that's different? Is it consistency? Like you say, like you were just saying there, (sighs) not really. Um, I, I would just think depth. I just think there's more of them, you know, there's good players everywhere. I mean, there's, there's a D three, there's an NAI player. There's a Juco player somewhere that's going to shoot 65 on your tail every day. right? Right. It's just he may be the only one at his school or there may have only a couple in that conference or in that region, division. 
um, at, at this level, you know, the, the, the eighth, ninth man on a team can whoop your tail playing golf, right? He can go out and shoot 65 at any, any given moment. So I just think it's, it's the amount of players. Uh, and I, and I think the resources as well, right? Like we've got a lot of great golf courses that we play at. Um, you know, we're building uh, a new facility for the team as well. And so I just think the amount of support and everything is, is a lot, uh, is a lot bigger, which, you know, which leads to getting, you know, more players. Do you guys, uh, do you guys have a home track, like a home course that you play out of, or do you kind of jump around, um, for, for a few? Yeah, we, we, we play quite a bit. We do have our home course, um, is country club of Virginia. So it's, it's a great golf course. You know, we played the, the champions tour players, dominion energy, uh, there. So, um, CCV we're at on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, today we went and played Jefferson Lakeside Country Club, which is the Donald Ross design uh, golf course. We played there today. We played Willow Oaks, which is a great private club that's about ten minutes from campus. Um, you know, I had I had lunch yesterday with with a legend, Vinny Giles, and so Vinny's one of the great amateurs in the in the history of the game. I mean, this dude's won every USGA title there is, mm-hmm. and so he built Kinlock, which is like Augusta. And so we're going to take the team out there. Um, you know, we play Royal New Kent. We play Vinatera. I mean, we've got access. We play metal. I mean, there's so many golf courses. I don't want to leave any out. Um, we, we visit quite a bit. You know, I just took the team up two hours on Saturday up north to Northern Virginia. A buddy of mine, uh, Pat McGuire, owns a golf course called Raspberry Falls uh, Golf and Hunt Club. And so we went up there and, you know, I just think there, there's just more access. And so we have a lot of places. A place to play is not ever a problem for us. That's awesome. I like it. And then rolling in with seven guys that are going to fire 65 or below on any given day is a little bit intimidating, definitely, but uh, it's pretty cool. So you guys are in the A-10. Uh, I mentioned there my quick quick elongated bio, bio, sorry, um, Andy Walker, A-10. 2022 coach of the year um how's the division how is it how's it shaping up for you guys you started off kind of hot you're one event in just a single event so far right the vcu shootout that's right vcu shootout um it was good i mean a10 one of our a10 uh a couple a10 um teams were in it as well um george washington had a good tournament we only beat him by a shot you know on 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 our last hole so they're going to be a formidable opponent this year they got a really good young team uh chuck has done a great job over there richmond which is only 15 20 minutes from us um they're solid you know they've got pretty much the same lineup they had last year just a year older um you know they had a good shootout um they just struggled a little bit in the first round but kind of you know showed who they were the second third rounds and, and had a couple good rounds i think they shot maybe 11 under both rounds second third you know uh and so um Davidson is always good. I believe they may have just won their home tournament as well. So um, it's going to be, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing a good, strong A-10 championship and hopefully multiple teams at, you know, NCAA regionals from the A-10 this year. How many uh, How many teams are in the A-10 total? Uh, it would probably make sense for me to say 10. Uh, hence, the, hence it. But, Fair enough. But, but to be honest, I how many are playing golf? Because not every team, you know, there's some that that are just, you know, have certain sports in it. I should know that answer. Um, so let's go with I'm going to say 11, and then probably lying at that. Right? <laughs> I was looking at the I was looking at like the photo that you guys posted or on the VCU page, and the scores like you had. I think you had two guys shoot. One of them went really low. One of them had a 62 or something on the on the card. I think in the tournament, right? Uh, no, not in the tournament, but in, in qualifying. Okay. Uh, when we were posting some of the stuff on social media. Yeah. We had one of our transfers, uh, Jace Hargrove from Texas tech. Um, just a stud, uh, one of the best kids you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, just a great human being and, and can flat play. I mean, this kid hits it a country mile. And so during qualifying, you know, he decided to go ahead and finish off the first qualifier. We're shooting a little 63 just to, you know, just to let everybody know that he's here. And, uh, and, you know, he hasn't, he, he hasn't stopped since. I mean, he played, you know, he played solid during the, the VC shootout. I think he shot 69, 69, 68 and, and played mediocre to be honest. So, um, I watched that clip and he was like, yeah, I didn't have my best stuff. And 
it's just like, yeah. man, like that's uh it's nice yeah. to be able to say that when you have that in your game, right? But right. You right. um so we were kind of talking with Parker about this a little bit. Anything different with the D1 level? You guys typically play five players, take the top four scores on each separate day? Yep. Yep. So you play five count four. Um save at every level, right? right. That's pretty much your 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 standard uh, you know, collegiate format. Um you know, probably hop it on a few more planes than you would be at other, you know, levels. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, I think, you know, this year we've got a really cool schedule. Um, we're going to see a lot of different teams. Last year we saw a lot of the same teams really stayed kind of more regional. And I got a chance to branch out and, and was, was pretty successful early in, in creating a good schedule for the guys. So, um, you know, we've got, uh, we've had our home event. We're going to go up and play TPC Potomac next week. Uh, which is cool. I mean, another difference is, you know, we've got a couple guys on the PGA Tour that are winners that have played at VCU. So, you know, yeah, John Rollins and, and Rafa Campos and Lanto Griffin. Lanto Griffin, so, I just saw that. Yeah, that was... So Lanto yesterday takes a couple hours out of his day and we FaceTime with him for two hours and he walks through TPC Potomac with us because he had a good tournament there and almost won there this year. So his insight, we're going through his yardage book and our yardage book and he's telling us where to hit it and different pins. So, you know, stuff like that's invaluable to the guys and, yeah. you know, for them to create a, a relationship, build a relationship with him. And, but also the knowledge that he has of, of playing, uh, you know, obviously a PGA tour event there and, and being successful. Um, you know, I feel like we go in with kind of a 15th club. Yeah. That's such a cool, like, that'd be such a cool thing being a college athlete and getting to see somebody who's yeah. kind of taking their, yeah. that next level. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, we're kind of talking last, uh, couple weeks back now but uh just recently bryce and i had a chat with um he's the uh st louis blues uh developmental goalie coach so he's kind of saying a lot of the same things with like you know what it takes to kind of get to that next level and guys kind of you know getting that point and that mental aspect of being able to see that right so when you get to have that conversation go through with a guy like lanto griffin one of the best players in the world right that's uh invaluable invaluable to you as a coach too i'm sure right so it is i mean what if it just saves you you know a shot around Right. Every golf yeah. tournament comes down to a golf shot, you know, one, one stroke, one, you know, one good decision or the momentum that comes from that good decision. I mean, it's, you, you, you have no idea what that's going to do for us until we get there. So, um, you know, I was, I was all ears. I was probably taking more notes than anyone else yesterday, um, and soaking it up. So it was, uh, you know, it was just a real cool experience for the guys as well. So, yeah, this, so uh, I got a question for you quick. Yeah, go um, just going into tournaments and stuff, uh, how challenging is it for you because you're so deep to pick that, pick those top five that are, are playing that week? I mean, that must be, must be pretty challenging. Cause I know we talked to a couple college guys and they say like, it's so competitive. Like, yeah, he's your teammate, but you also want to play every week. Um, is it, it's right. obviously a tough, tough choice for you. Yeah. You know, it, it is tough because I've got seven guys on this team that I really like. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means, possibly this tournament coming up there's going to be two guys that that aren't traveling Mm -hmm. right and and so luckily the first tournament all seven played because we had a couple individuals but one of the guys that i didn't pick that played really good in the qualifying just the other guys maybe eked him out by a couple of shots was our low man in the tournament right Mm -hmm. he shot 11 under as an individual so you know it's it's so what he did was he earned his way into this tournament coming up yeah. Right now, he doesn't have to qualify for this one. He he qualified by playing good in the tournament. So you know, my thing is, if I tell players, if you're waiting for a pick for me, you're probably going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Just go out and beat the other guy's tails during qualifying or in the tournament, <laughs> and you know, take it out of my hands. Take your destiny in in your own hands. And so you know, that's it, it, a good question. I get asked that a lot because qualifying's tough. There's good qualifiers and there's good tournament players, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got to find really the good tournament players, right? Mm-hmm. Not someone that might be so comfortable at home and it's you're playing a golf course that suits their game every day. Yeah. Gonna, you know, they're going to go out and find a way to shoot three or four under every day anyways. Um, who are the guys that, that may handle adversity in a new golf course, a new setting, a little bit different? So that's kind of the, you know, I guess the, the secret sauce is how do you find those players and, and develop the other players that may not be that into those players? And mm-hmm. so that's why I do like that we have a smaller team. Everyone's going to see a lot of playing time. Yeah, and your five guys are changing every week, right? Or every um, tournament, I guess. 
Yeah, they could. I, yeah, I, I mean, this week they will. So George was an individual last week, and he's definitely in the lineup. So there will be some change in that lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so then the tournament after that, Purdue, we're going to take six. So there'll be one individual playing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I hope it's competitive and it changes a lot this year, to be honest. I hope there's yeah. that. You know, I hope yeah, you want that. Sure. Right. I hope that. I hope that the guy that's playing seven plays one, and you know, and and so it's a, uh, you know, that they're they're kind of fighting and pushing each other. Yeah. So I got a bit of a two part question for you, but um, when you're talking qualifiers, like you mean you guys get out and play like a qualifying round, and that's kind of what you what you base your assessment off of. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like leading up. Uh, what we did for the first tournament was we played uh, two fifty four hole tournaments. Right. So my deal was I want the guys getting used to winning. So to get into the qualifying to, to qualify for a tournament, you had to win a qualifier. There was no second place gets in third place gets in. It was whoever wins the first qualifier gets in, whoever won the second qualifier got in. And then if you won the overall, you got in as well. Well, it happened to be that Jace won the first qualifier. Jace won the second qualifier, which, which means he won the overall. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, but it fell right down the line. You know, it was like the guy that finished second and third. So it was, you know, it kind of fell down the line. Sometimes if there's a shot or two difference and you feel like somebody's uh, game may, may, may suit a golf course or a style of course a little bit better, um, you'll pick them over someone that they may have, you know, not beat in the qualifier. But um, for the most part, you know, it's like, hey, go play and beat that person. And right. then you get your spot. So, yeah. So, like as the coach, ultimately it's your decision who gets in, who gets out. Right. Right. So is. do you ever have any influence, like based on what course you're playing, if you're playing like a Parkland style or something like that, uh, versus like a little something that's more wide open for some of the longer hitters? Like, do you factor in a lot of that or you just want to take whoever's hot is going to get in the lineup? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, you find out who's doing what, I mean, you know, for the first tournament, um, one of our, our, the only returning player I had from last year's team, he won the tournament last year. So guess what? If it was close with anybody, which it was, I was like, dude, you're playing. I know what you could do in that golf course. You shot right. 12 last year, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'm I'm an idiot if I don't take you there. At least I know what you can do. And he came out the box, I think, with either 66 or 67 this year, the first round, right? And so um, it was, uh, you know, so that paid off. Um, but, but yeah, if there's a golf course that's a bomber's paradise, I may take, you know, him over someone that doesn't hit it as far. And if there's some place with really, really tricky greens or super fast greens, I may take someone who rolls it a little bit better. Um, so, you know, I look at that, but at the end of the day, a good player is a good player. You know, it wasn't like tiger only won in California. The dude won everywhere. Right. So right. you can go, you can go. Well, and we saw that same thing, like even recent, more recently with Colin Morikawa, right. Before he won the British open or the open championship, it was, uh, you know, he won, PGA at a Parkland style course. And like, it was all that kind of like, that was what was tailor made to his game. Right. And then he went and won the open championship and people kind of thought, okay, maybe like this guy is just like a pure ball striker and he's just really, really good. Right. He's just not fit for certain courses. Now we were kind of talking with Parker a little bit about this. So the individual aspect of the game. So those guys, like your seven guys in your roster, you got five playing in the team event, a couple go and play in the singles or maybe just one, or if you don't have any, how do you I guess like decipher decide who plays in the singles versus who plays in the team events. Um, it's the same thing through qualifying, right? Yeah. Your top five players are going to play for the team, and then the other guys will play for you know individual as in, in the individual part of the tournament. And usually the individual part of the tournament, I mean, you're still part of the tournament. Obviously, you're not counting towards the team score, so even the guys in the team score are playing in the individual part. But you're just getting those guys reps, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And guess what? It's always going to come back and bite you in the butt. Whoever plays an individual is going to freaking career it. Yeah. Right. They're always going to shoot like 65. And I mean, it happens every week and you know, it's going to happen. And maybe it's because they're a little more free, right? They're not, there's not as much pressure from the team aspect of it, or they're trying to kind of prove coach wrong that, Hey, I should have got that spot, whatever the incentive is. I don't really care. Right. Just go out and play your butt off and, and do what George did. Right. Yeah. I told George at this tournament, hey, go win this golf tournament. So you're playing the next event. Don't worry about getting a pick from me. And he did that. He went and played really well, didn't win, but but gave himself a chance to and uh shot eleven under. So guess what? Now he's playing uh, you know, next week's event. 
Well, as a coach, like you want to see that too, right? Like you want to see that the guys are like able to kind of rebound from that because, well, we were talking kind of before we hopped on golf is such a mental game. And like we were saying with these guys, all seven of them being able to, you know, fire a 65 on any given day, it's like, you know, if one guy's off for a couple of weeks, it's going to affect his ability to play in the tournaments, right? It's going to like definitely take him out of the lineup. So as a coach... yeah. I, sorry, I think that's just human nature. I mean, every time I'd either get sad or yelled out on the bench in hockey, I'd play my best shift that next shift just because it's that's just human nature. It's how you react. You know, you get pushed, you push back. And, and golf is so much, you know, what have you done for me lately, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I mean, you got to think about this is the only game on earth that, you know, Tiger was the number one player in the world for, you know, 17 trillion weeks. And comes back and they couldn't get in a world golf championship event, right? Because he wasn't ranked high enough. And it's like, I was like, how is Tiger not exempt for an event, right? Yeah, but right. This, game, this game doesn't care what you did. Yeah. Right? I mean, look at look at the players out there now. I mean, look at, you know, Phil wins a freaking PGA last year at Kiowa. And the dude, like, right, he's, you know, he's, 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 the game's killing him right now, right? Everyone, I mean, he's not playing well. He's probably not in a great mental space. And this is a guy who, who won a major. Yeah. He fired a 66 the other day. I think in the final round, he? he fired a 66. He went low. Yeah. So he's coming around, but I think it was the first, I don't know. I don't like, don't quote me, but I think it was like the first 12 rounds. He didn't break 75 or something. Oh, so, I was going to say, yeah, maybe that was his first round breaking 70. In a yeah. Lot. It was, it was tough. It has been a tough go for Phil. Um, how's the schedule looking for you? You were saying Andy, that you go through, you kind of pick the schedule um that's your job as the coach kind of go through and see what's going to work for the team and kind of where you guys can fit and kind of map it out that way yeah so it, it's it's you know scheduling is one of the toughest things there is at being a college coach probably yeah. even more so than recruiting because you can't get into every good tournament mm-hmm. right and so you got to play with you know where you're ranked at because they want the strongest, you know, teams to, to help build the strength of field. Um, Cause the better strength of field, the more ranking points you're going to get and, and the higher up the rankings you're going to get. And so it's a, it's kind of a catch 22. You want to get up the ranking points to play bigger events, but you kind of get bigger events because you don't have enough, you know, you're not ranked high enough. So um, luckily being 180 years old, I know a lot of people in this game and have played with a lot of the coaches. And so, you know, we, we, Last year, I inherited a schedule that was pretty solid, um, and we kind of upped the ante this year. And, and I told some some you know some guys, hey, help me get in some of these tournaments, and um, and you know we'll we'll perform good enough to to be able to hang in those tournaments. And so we had a really good spring, and um, and it helped us get into some tournaments, you know, for for this year. So the schedule is going to be really good. Um, but you you know, there's a fine line of having a good schedule. And not having a schedule that you can't compete in, right? You don't right. want to go play ASU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, you know, Georgia to every week, right? I mean, that's like, goodness, I want to win sometimes. So um, it's, uh, you know, so you, you got to kind of pick and choose your battle. So scheduling is very important. And then also, you know, w- w- within, you know, kind of your your budget and, and you know, going to the West Coast, I'd love to go back and play with, with all my friends on the West coast and, and a lot of those West coast events, I know we can get in, but the travel is so hard, yeah. you know, going from East to West is so tough getting back after a tournament. So it's, you know, so it's, there's just, just a fine line on how do you do it and what's going to be the best for your team, help you in your rankings, um, help build their competitiveness and yeah. ultimately get you ready for postseason play. All right, we made it through nine, and this glizzy is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped, manscaped.com. You can go over, check out the Ultra Premium Collection, or anything that you need to not suffer through the back nine here. Using the promo code OTSGOLF, you will get 20% off plus free shipping. Maybe you'll go low on the back. Thank you for supporting the episode. Thank you for supporting the pod. Manscaped.com, 20% off using the promo code OTSGOLF. Free shipping right to your door. Enjoy the pod. Uh, yeah, I wanted to touch on like recruiting process. Um, if I was looking to come, um, kind of play for for your school, play golf for your school. I mean, just the process of uh, of kind of getting there and do. I guess just go through the whole recruitment process with us. Uh, if I told you, I'd have to kill you, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's it's top secret, classified. Um, you know this this will self destruct in in ten seconds. Now, um, 
you know, I, I don't have a real recruiting philosophy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm, I'm not someone who recruits and commits players early. I never do. Um, I just, I've just never wanted to feel like I was rushed into making a decision with a player. And I know that the players like getting, you know, making a decision early because it makes them feel more secure during the year, right? That they have mm-hmm. a place to play. But um, I'm always kind of one of those good things come to those who wait. And there's always somebody better in the pipeline. Um, unless there's an absolute stud, then, you know, I'm going to get them as early as I can. But, um, you know, I've, it, it's going to be different at different places, mm-hmm. right? I've never really messed with the transfer portal before until this year. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had a really uh, great transfer portal experience this year. I mean, I've got three, I would say probably three of the best players that got in the transfer portal this year. Um, and Jace Hargrove from Texas Tech and George Saunders was the first player that I signed. Um, last semester. So I did get him early uh, from University of Tennessee. And then um, early part of the summer, uh, Matthias uh, Vargin from uh, from Middle Tennessee State. And um, so, you know, was that my philosophy before? No, but it became it here because of what I had to do with the team. And and I'm not patient. I don't want to like wait four years to get a good team. Uh, I was like, hey, we can get players that are already really good college experience bring a little leadership into here and uh and then i got a couple of just stud freshmen a kid uh ugo malcor from 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 france who's just a, a little monster this kid's so good he's like the top 40 player in all of europe um wow. probably the best south american recruit from chile and, and clemente silva and then a player from from boston who was down at ijga academy in florida and mm-hmm. zach cologne and so um you know zach's playing really good right now he's leading qualifying um, you know, after two rounds. And so um, it's, it, you know, I, I would just say as, as a recruit, I, I've either seen you play before somewhere um, or somebody that I trust a lot has told me how good you are, or I've seen you in the rankings somewhere high. Um, I like guys that are playing a lot of uh, either big international or, or, or very big amateur golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and faring well against that. And my thing is I want to see you beat some of the guys that we play against. So if you're a high school kid and you're playing amateur tournaments and you're beating a lot of college players and guess what? I know you can beat college players. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like ball strikers. Right. So I'm probably going to take a, a, a really good ball striker over someone that just has a good short game. Um, not that I, I'm going to ever shy away from someone who can putt, but, um, you know, I like guys that can hit it. And so, you know, but I, I take my time getting to know the players and making sure that it's, it's a right fit. And so in building the team this year, um, really the, uh, the culture was going to be really big. I think it's so cliche for a, a new coach to come in and change the culture, right? Everyone kind of mm-hmm. says that, but, but I really uh, felt like it was, it was needed here to kind of get to the level that we want to get to. And, um, and so, you know, changing the culture, getting guys that are like-minded that want to go out there and, and, and try and shoot 65 every day, guys that want to play on tour, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys that are, uh, are, are, are I, I say, really kind of like golf guys, right, with a high golf IQ and want to learn to get better and will do anything to do that and, uh, and aren't afraid to win and, and shoot low um, were the guys that I wanted to do this with, but also guys that are going to have fun. Yeah. Right? We were – we were coming back on Saturday from a trip up in, in Northern uh, Virginia, DC area, where I just took the team up there to play and do a little qualifying. And on the way back, you know, we've got the music going, we're in our sprinter van and, you know, one of our guys is dancing in there and it was just such a fun atmosphere. Right. And I was, you know, the, the my assistant coach Luis and I, you know, kind of looked at each other and just kind of grinned. It was like, this is, this is what it's about right here. Yeah. Sure. Good. Like these guys are fun to travel with. Right. And they're fun to hang out with. So, um, you know, so it's just really building good players, good people. Chemistry. Like, that's right. Chemistry, like-minded. Will they fit yeah. in, in this system? So I'm not the coach for everybody. I know that. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like I do have some stuff I could bring to the table. So if it's something that you're willing to eat at that table, then let's go. What's the uh, what's the percentage of kids that get recruited outside of the U uh, the U S. Is it higher than I think? Like, yeah. are there a lot of like Europeans and and uh, 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. I was going to ask you that, Edub, because like, say Bryce or like with when Bryce has played like in the Ontario Hockey League, uh, right. Canadian Hockey League and stuff up here. So they would have like the import draft, right? So there's yeah, we're amount. only allowed two imports per team, though. Yeah, really? yeah. obviously college is different. You're allowed as many as you want, right? As, many as you want. I've, so I've got four internationals and three uh, three Americans on the team. Okay, and then just. Um, not so much just for your team, but all of NCAA. It's it's a pretty high percentage, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good percentage of yeah. uh, international players. And you look at, you know, the success that like Oklahoma State have. You know, um, they they get a lot of, of of international players, right? With the Victor, you know, Hovlands and all those guys that have gone there, and a bunch of the Swedes. And you look at ASU's team. You know, they've got a lot of internationals. We just talked about David Pooj, you know, from Spain going wrong. Yeah, and, and John, and, you know, they've they got a lot of international players there as well. Um, so it, it is becoming a uh, really a global game in, in, in college mm-hmm. golf. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's uh, – we just got about a 10-minute clip there of the recipe of success for A-10 uh, 2022 recruiting strategy from the coach <laughs> of the year. So if Bryce, if Bryce goes dark here, he takes a blow dart in the neck or something like that, we know uh, – He's well, out. he should. He likes ball strikers that can't putt. So, like, I mean, I'm his guy. Man. Yeah, might be. <laughs> might be. <laughs> Can you, uh, A-Dub, you might taking us kind of what through maybe what your day looks like as a, you know, coach on the D1 level, um, you know, kind of what's on your mind. Let's do, like, an off day even, like an off day, a prep day, something like that first. Oh, so you're saying I have an off day? <laughs> I I mean like when the guys oh, are actually I guess your off day would probably be more or less like when they're playing it'd probably be an easier day for you than it would be when they're when you're kind of doing all your prep right so you know I've I've, I've always been someone that that did well when I'm really busy right, right. I, I don't do well idle so I, I would say I probably do more golf stuff on an off day than I do on a golf day right I, I just everything I've always done my whole life is involved golf because I love it mm-hmm. so um like today, for instance, um, woke up probably about 4 a.m. Um, and uh, returned some emails, a little bit of recruiting. There's a little bit of recruiting goes on every single day. Um, setting up our tournaments for next year already. So the VCU shootout, I'm already setting up for next year, right? We just got done with it, what, five days ago or something like that. So yeah. Um, so uh, did a little bit of that. Uh, set up some... some um, some fundraising dinners for some donors. Um, a lot of, I think what goes on at the D one level is, is donor relations, right? A lot of more of, of the politics of, of the, uh, of the sport um, had to go out. There was actually a fundraiser tournament that, uh, that a group that does some sponsorship stuff with, with VCU with Learfield um, had. And so showed up there, you know, shake hands, kiss babies for a little bit, played a couple holes with a couple people, like three, four holes, um ate a little sandwich on the way to to the golf course and and then the guys qualified and i actually today was the first round of golf i've played since goodness probably right before the u.s open wow and um so i went out played with the guys a little bit they were qualifying some of the guys that weren't i worked with them um we had a really good mental session today i think out there on, on how to control it when it's not quite going your way. And the guys did unbelievable job of turning around some, some not so good starts in their rounds to, to, you know, still shooting 69, 70, 71, which was really good. Um, and then, uh, come home and, uh, you know, I'm on a podcast with some pretty cool cats right now. Uh, hey. I, can get, I can get you guys on there later. Yeah. And, and uh, oh. Oh, there's like another one going on right now. Damn. <laughs> They're asking then, some good questions, those guys, though. They're doing yeah. all right. <laughs> and then I'll work on some, uh, you know, some, some more stuff about building the schedule when we get off. And then at 10 o'clock tonight, I've got a, an investment call with with uh, three of my college buddies that I went to school with, to, to Pepperdine with. We do some investing together. So at 10 o'clock at night, I'll have that and, you know, probably sleep for 13 minutes and wake up and start over again. And, yep. you know, that's, that, that's the life. I mean, it, it, it's pretty busy. It, it's not, you know, the life of a coach is, uh, you know, the, the ones that have stayed married longer than me, uh, mine didn't last too long, but the ones that actually stay, I mean, I, I, you know, 
kudos to their their spouses and wives because it's not easy <laughs> you know we're not easy to be with i mean we're constantly on the go and when you're a coach you got to answer that call sometimes at midnight right yeah. so um well you got to go where like the job is too right sometimes that means like in your case recently moving across country and um you know i'm that uh investment call that just sounds like a poker game like you guys are just playing some online poker or something together probably right <laughs> i wish it was man now we we're actually investing in some some real estate together and you know some some of my uh you know i call them my brothers you know they're, they're guys we've been close since since college and you know one played tennis one played basketball i played in the nba a little bit and the other was a musician and so we thought it was cool to to kind of get together and and do some investing together and uh and get some properties and and do something to leave it for for our kids you know try to build a legacy for for, for our sure. kids a little bigger than, than maybe we walked into so you did mention like a sorry bryce you did mention a little bit of like the recruiting goes on each day so when you were at lynn before was there any um access to that transfer portal in d2 yeah yep there okay. is an access to it in d2 um and so uh i you know i i did get one player from the transfer portal. No, I'm lying. I got two players from the transfer portal when I was at Lynn. Uh, a kid from University of South Florida transferred over and a kid from University of North Texas that's still on the team now. Their number one player over there, uh, you know, came. And uh, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, there was more about kind of getting guys in as freshmen and developing them and, you know, and, and, and helping them grow. Here, there's a little bit of that, but it's a little bit, you know, it's it's a little more kind of cutthroat little dog eat dog here. So I had to get some, I had to get some dogs in here that could go. Right? So when, yeah. So like when a player, they would enter the transfer portal on their own, are they feeling like they're not like fitting in with that team? They're not getting enough playing time. Is is that typically what it is? And you're kind it's of essentially uh, free agency. No, yeah. Kind of open free agency. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's open free agency. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I like it because I was successful uh, at it, but I don't know if they've done it the right way and, and they keep changing the rules on it. Like I guess this week now kids can't go in until December 1st and they, then they can't go in again after January until May until June. So I don't know. Now they're putting parameters on it. It just started like this week. Right. Right. It's like, they're just kind of throwing darts at the wall and trying to see what sticks and go, okay, that's what we're going to do next week. Um, yeah. Cause they're making a bunch of hasty decisions. Um, but I think there's a variety. I think there's that, you know, maybe they, maybe they're not getting playing time. Maybe they don't feel like they're developing. Um, you know, maybe they are just not in the right system for them. Um, maybe it's not the right culture. Um, maybe they connect, you know, you got to think when we're playing with a lot of players, uh, I, I'm, I'm a guy who walks with the player the whole round, right? Yeah. I don't sit, and sit on par threes or skip and see you for two holes. I don't feel like I can make a difference. So if I'm walking with somebody, the other players are getting to hear our our camaraderie. They're getting to hear our talk. They're getting to hear, you know, what we do. And I feel like if somebody who's a player is around me for three, four, five, six, seven hours in a day, you're gonna you're gonna pick up some pretty cool shit, right? Or sorry, I mean some some pretty cool stuff. So you're gonna pick up some good stuff there. And it's going to, you know, you're you're gonna want some more of that. And, and I feel like I could talk a little bit different to my players. And, you know, the, the, I think my, some of my experiences are going to, you know, I'm going to be a little more keen and a little more, more aware of certain things that are kind of player centric. Um, so, um, you know, so that'll kind of lead them as well. And so I think there's, there's a, a variety of reasons why, why people want to want to go play and in, in, in different places. So um, it's been, some people absolutely hate the portal. Um, I love it right now. It's yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If it worked out, well. <laughs> it me well. Do you think? Um, do you think that you're uh, sorry, Bryce? Last last part to this, and then you can hop in. You think that um, kind of the way you approach, uh, I guess, your player development, like the way that you're developing your players. Do you think that that is kind of um, like that as like a chain effect or like a waterfall onto the way your players act? So. We've probably had Bryce and I could do a quick guess, maybe 15 NCAA players on, and we've heard, 
you know, some players say that they love the team aspect and some players feel like they were like kind of loners, right? And they didn't really like fit in. So everybody has like a different approach to it. And it sounds like you were saying you guys were driving back from one of the events. Everybody was super tight. Like it, it sounded like a real team atmosphere. Um, do you think, Andy, the way that you kind of develop the players is really important in them kind of working together as a team or are you constantly like trying to teach them to like the individualistic part of the game of golf as like a singular player right um well that's, that's a great question i i think what we did this year is it's about us right uh, and i haven't really shared with anybody outside of our our team but i i put a video together about a 10 minute video you should see my editing skills they are off the chain. I did it all just, <laughs> but it is about individually how good all of us are. Right. So the players, I had them send things <clears throat> and pictures of them winning trophies and everyone had like 10 really good swing. Cause these guys, I mean, I got 10 guys that swing at it so good and hit it so good. So it was like swing, 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 them holding a the trophy. Swing, 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 them holding a the trophy. And in the background, that song is, you know, all I do is win, win, win. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's like, and then of of me winning an NCAA championship, me playing on tour and me winning NCAA championships, coaching, and and the same with my assistant coach. And and then it kind of ends with like uh, why not us? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you were picked for this for a reason. Right. And so they, you know, getting them bought on that, that becomes early. I, I, I need guys that are about the team. I, I tell everyone what, what really shaped my view as a coach is, you know, you mentioned Jason Gore earlier when we won the NCAA championship in 97, Jason made a seven on the last hole. He had a one shot lead at NCAAs, which, you know, pretty much means if you win NCAAs, you're getting your seven starts on tour. You're going to be on a Walker Cup automatically. All those things that go along with it, probably bigger contracts, yada, yada, yada. He makes seven on the last hole, and he knew what that cost him. And the first thing he did when he putted out is he looked over at us, and he looked at me and said, did we win? Right? It wasn't about him. It wasn't about him mm. pounding and throwing clubs and what did I do. He just wanted to make sure we won. Like, like, hopefully I didn't mess this up for us. Did we win? And it was, and after we said yes, he was like, perfect. And we celebrated and hugged and cried and did our thing. And then later that night, he was like, oh, man, what the hell did I just do, right? <laughs> but the thing is, it was a team first mentality. Yeah. We went there to win as a team. We went there to win an NCAA title as a, as, a, as a team, and we accomplished that goal. And the guys I have right now, it's so much about team, right? It's, it's about being ready when your number is called to contribute to the team. And it's about, you know, so many things that are, you know, uh, why not us is our hashtag. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and the us part of it is, is probably the biggest, you know, aspect of that. So, um, and, and I think a team takes on the character of their coach in adversity as well. Right. And so if I'm somebody who's pissed off or panicked or looks nervous or looks confused when things get tough, the team's going to take on that, that same, uh, you know, characteristic. And so it's my job to be poised. It's my job to have the answers. It's my job to, to, when I come in there, they know everything's going to be okay. And so, and this team is really seeming to, to, to buy into what we're, you know, to what we're trying to create here. I love that you, uh, that you made that video. Cause I always, I always remember like come playoff time in hockey, we'd put our video together to have on the jumbo trial, like before we came out on the ice and we'd always wait to watch it. Like we'd watch it first in the room before kind of the first game. Yep. And I just remember everyone would get so fired up and then, um, just seeing you like your whole team come together and play like that. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling. I feel yeah. like I, I need to like I need to put together like me Hoslow and a few shots on my you know yeah. Saturday morning league, and then yeah. at the end of it, uh, like I won. There was two skins last week, so I won some big money off of that. Just holding like a few bucks in my hand or something <laughs> like that at the end. Yeah, that's that's all we got to look yeah, forward to just now. Get a hole in one with your son, dude. Yeah, man, that's the one that that'll be the ending point, right? So bringing him yeah. out for a round, making an ace with him there is uh, is kind of the ending point. Yeah, but uh, yeah. sorry, Bryce, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to get into uh, maybe some of the players' uh, um, daily routines, and um, I know they all have class at different times, I'm sure, but kind of just like the day in the life of what they what they do daily and and how they practice and how they get ready for tournaments and stuff. Yeah, so so Tuesdays, Thursday mornings, they're up early. We got 7 a.m. workouts, mm-hmm. um, so so they do that, you know, as a team. Uh, 
Then they have classes mostly between eight and nine to twelve thirty ish. Okay. Right. And then we have practice at one thirty every day. Um, Mondays we are at our facility that's downtown. We call it the first tee facility. It's the first tee of, of Greater Richmond. We have some hitting bays there. It's where we have our you know a track man and and all that kind of stuff. Um, we do a lot of short game work there. There's like a part three, six part three holes there that that Lester George redesigned that that built Kinlock and some of the greater clubs here. Um, so we'll do that. Um, what I really like is this team likes to play a lot. They're not just a bunch of ball beaters, right? So um, Wednesdays and Fridays, like I said, we're over at CCV when you were asking about our home course. Um, today we were over at Jefferson Lakeside Country Club. We go up to Willow. On the weekends, a lot they'll go up to Royal New Kent, which is about 30 minutes away. Uh, a link style golf course, really hard, long. Another one, Vinatera, that's up there right up the road in, in New Kent. Um, so we we do a lot of, but like yesterday, you know, like I said yesterday, we spent a couple hours game planning with uh, with Lanto, right? So I feel like a lot of our best practices um, come when we're not on the golf course, to be honest. When we're inside, we're indoors, um, there's a single focus. There's not people hitting shots that distract you or the birds chirping or whatever. We're in a room and we're talking about um, adversity. We're talking about confidence. We're talking about, you know, um, uh, uh, tendencies. We're talking about game planning. We're talking about the mental, emotional side. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to learn something just as much being around them every day in those situations, listening to the words that they use so I can use them back to them to help them. Um, but Lanto said something yesterday that I thought was just was brilliant. He said, um, you work hard to build confidence and then you got to protect your confidence mm-hmm. when you're playing. And that had to do into having a smart game plan. Right, it had to do into hitting it to the fat sides and not short siding yourself, and and hitting the shots that you're comfortable hitting, not the ones that you think you should be hitting, the ones that you know you can hit. And so it was very, you know, poignant in what he said. And um, and so, you know, then then after practice, you know, they they go study, eat, and and we're back at it. I mean, there's no, there's not a lot of free time, you yeah. know, playing college sports, but especially college golf because we don't really have an off season, right? We play fall and spring. Most sports have just, you know, they're playing fall or spring or winter. We, we go all year. So, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's a pretty good commitment. Do the guys spend quite a bit of time together, like away from the course? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They all live together. Yep. So, so everyone, there's not a single person on this team that lives by themselves. Uh, we've got three in, uh, we've got three in one uh, apartment. We've got two in another, two in another. So, so all of them live together. They hang out together. Um, which I love, man. I, I love that they that they're so close and, and 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 spend as much time as they can together. Well, that's like uh have you ever heard Chad's living situation, Mac? Yeah, yeah. What? So my like, brother plays for uh Indie Fuel, an East Coast hockey team, and they wow. uh the team owns an apartment. The whole team stays in one one facility, one one apartment. Yep. Wives, like, kids, everything. And it's just like it's it's, it's right cool next door outing. to the rink too, I think, which is yeah, kind of nice for them. It'd be well, like, it's connected yeah. to their practice rink, but yeah. it's just a cool scenario. And the team's always together. Uh, everyone's so close. Yeah. So yeah. I did want to ask you, Andy, we'll let you go soon. I know you got uh, your meeting coming up in like an hour, but um, you know, like you've had a lot of success early. What um, like internally, what makes you feel successful as a coach? Uh, you know, I mean, not not only winning, obviously that's that's what you're playing for. I mean, is is to win, um, but to you know, there, there's no better feeling than to see a guy smile on the golf course, right? Because he maybe did something that he didn't know he could do, right? Or he, or he pulled off a shot, or he he grinded out a round, or he he stuck to a game plan, or whatever it was, and and he he kind of you know maybe changed the cards he was dealt. Right, a little bit, and uh, and, and did something successful. I mean, there's nothing better than that. I mean, goodness, I I feel like there's not much I can do that I wouldn't feel successful. I mean, I I get to wake up every day and and share my experiences with guys that want to do what I did, right? I mean, and and get paid for it, right? So, it's it's, it, you know, I've got the um, you know, I've got I've got the best 
freaking job in, in the world. I mean, I, I couldn't, there, there's nothing better than what I get to do on a, on a daily. And so is it busy? Yep. But you know, uh, the better, the alternative is not being busy doing something around golf. Mm-hmm. And so there's no aspects of golf that I don't absolutely love. And, um, you know, but, but it's, it's doing exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, we, I think we're ranked 63 or something in the first, in this, the poll that just came out today. Um, this time last year, we were 187. Wow. Right. So it's like, guys, guess what? We keep doing these little, we keep getting 1% better every day. We're going to be a tough team to deal with at the end of the year. And so, um, you know, that's, that's a great question. I don't know what, what success you know, looks like I know. Well, I don't know, man. I see this kid Charlie Kennedy walking up, picking out a hole in one, and he looked pretty happy, how man. So, man. how good is that? I yeah. mean, how good is that look? I mean, that is that's such a cool clip, man. There's Bryce, you got to go check it out on VCU. He's just like good uh, Twitter, uh, VCU golf over on Instagram. So he's just kind of walking up, and he just like has just made an ace, and he just looks. I don't know. He looks kind of like. <laughs> It's hard to explain. It looks like Matthew McConaughey or something like that. Like yeah. just like starring in a movie or something. It was cool, That's man. Right. It's a really cool moment. Like, and it's like, I'm lucky to know what that feels like. And, uh, it's an unbelievable feeling, but it's kind of like it. one of those things, man. When we grab that moment in golf, it's, it's hard to beat that. It's hard. I mean, and Charlie is, you know, he's a good looking kid, right? I mean, he, he, he's got swag. Right. I like, like, like Charlie's is, is, you know, dripped out. Right. He's, 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 and he's, it's the first round of the year in his hometown. He's got people out there watching him, and Charlie's the guy he won there as an individual last year. And in front of everybody on number 10 with everyone looking, Charlie boxes one for hole in one. It's like, it's so Charlie to do that. That's sweet. And so, you know, it's just, you know, we, we got this kind of this little thing that we do. And when he hits a good shot or he makes a putt, he kind of steps and gives a little, you know. And so it's just so cool just seeing the guys uh, look over and do that to each other or kind of, you know, wave me down so they can give us our little, you know, hand signal or whatever it is, our little wave of success. And uh, it's, um, you know, it, it's cool. But, you know, th- to be honest, um Success. I mean, I, I want to win a national championship, mm-hmm. right? I've done it as a uh, playing junior college. I won a national championship playing. Um, I won one playing uh, a D one at D one uh, at Pepperdine. Um, I won a few of them junior college coach. Um, won again D two coach. And so there's only one left, man. Yeah. Yep. There's only one left, and I'm going to run the tables on it, right, and make history. Ain't nobody won that many damn national championships at different levels. So I, I don't think anyone has many at different levels I have already. But with the, um, you know, I think that the ultimate goal is to build a team and get them to buy in and and do what, you know, what, what, what we're not supposed to, right? Again, kind of our hashtag, why not us? I like you it. Know? I think I just got our episode title, A-Dub, the most decorated NCAA coach in men's golf history or something, something along those lines. Well, uh, know you better ask them about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, it, it is cool, like how Bryce and I, like we love a good hole in one story. Like we've been everybody we kind of talk to if they've got a hole in one or you know if they've got a few, um, we just kind of love talking about it, right? And that's sort of like. I'm at the point where that might be where I measure the success of my game is like making a really good shot and like, you know, kind of find that smile. Bryce likes to, you know, get, go low on the scorecard, something like that. Like, you know, I can shoot it well, relatively low. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like with me, I can shoot a 73 tomorrow and I can shoot an 88 the next day. And like, I don't know the difference, but I remember those really good shots. Right. Or I remember if I chip yeah, in a couple of times, it. you know, so that's kind of like where I'm at. And like, obviously these guys, when they're shooting 65, 66, 67, 68, stuff like that, if they're making good shots in between which they are you know they get those memories as well which if if you get to see that as a coach would be a measure of success for me i think too but um if we got a couple minutes if we can kind of move off of the ncaa really quickly i know one of your good buddies is jason gore so he's kind of taken on like a I guess like a liaison or mentorship almost kind of like between the players and uh with the he's reporting directly to jay monahan i believe at the pga tour right so um you know, and I think Jason Gore's got a 59 too, doesn't he? Sure does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
we kind of talked about him having a seven there on the the final hole, but he's obviously rebounded. I I, I know that popped in my head that he's got a fifty nine, but uh, yeah. you know, what do you think about um, I guess pro golf right now and kind of where the status is in the world? And and you know, I know you're good good buddies with Jason Gorsh. You probably have a good insight on what's happening. Like, do you think we're trending in a good in a good uh, direction here? Um, man, that is. I tell you what, golf is in the news. It is. Right. And so I, I love that. Right. I mean, that's, it's a sport I care about. I don't care about any other sport being in the news. I'm sorry to, you know, I'm sure you guys like hockey. Um, but I, uh, it's, it, it's about golf for me. And, um, it's, uh, you know, I, I hate that there's, I love that they're creating rivalries right now. Um, I hate that. It's so rough. It's yeah, my thing. It's still golf, guys. Like the bottom line, ain't nobody out there on tour that hard. They can (laughs) they can talk all the noise they want. Like they're all kind of punks, right? (laughs) Yeah, Bryson taking a rope to the eye and taking a knee for a few minutes. It's it's validating. It's validating that that statement for sure. Yeah, as many weights as they're lifting and all that, ain't nobody out there like gangster, right? (laughs) And so. It's like everyone's talking all this noise behind closed doors, what they're going to do to that person when they see him. It's like, y'all ain't going to do nothing. Shut up and go make a birdie somewhere, right? But at the same time, um, you know, it just seems like there's there's a lot of hypocrisy as well. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I don't know of anyone that ever went to a job interview, and when they gave them the job offer, they said, well, where'd you get the money from to pay me that? Yeah. But all of a sudden, everyone cares about where these people are getting their money from when they've got maybe the same company that makes all their money in that same company on their sleeve. Such right? a bad it's, clip. Such a bad clip. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, everyone has, you know, got an opinion. But with that being said, um, I am a traditionalist in this game, right? I, I like the PJ Tour, I like 72 holes. You know, walking. I don't know if I'm, I'm I'm solely, and I'm a college coach, so the team aspect I really love about golf. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I have quite bought in or sold on the, the 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 team aspect of it. But who am I to tell? You know, I mean, there's there's good friends of mine that went over. I mean, Harold, you know, just went over. Yep. Um, and 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 Joaquin Neiman's getting paid a hundred million dollars. That's my boy. It's like, dude, hundred million dollars. No, no one's not entertaining that, right? Yeah. Now, Tiger didn't because he don't make his money playing golf, right? So yeah. he made his money doing, you know, everything else and the endorsements and the and the the global impact that he had on on the sport. So, um, but you know, I just think you know, for for chastising or, or point the finger at someone for a decision to make, whether it's to stay in the PGA Tour, I tell everyone this: if you are if you want to stay in the PGA Tour, whatever your reasons is, you're right. And if you want to go play live, whatever your reasons are, they're right. Because they're your, they're your reasons, your decisions. And you, you've got to live with that at the end of the day. And, um, you know, but I, I know one thing the live hat tour has done is it's made, you know, there's, there's more money in the PGA tour now. Yep. Right. Yeah. So what, what maybe what need to get accomplished. I don't know if that was a way of doing it. Um, but, uh, but I don't really care what the motivation is, right? I tell everyone, you know, when my son was a couple of years ago, I'd, I'd go into his room every day before basketball camp, and I'd be like, AJ, dude, clean your room. Like, I'm so sick of saying it. One day I go in there, and I'm about to say, AJ, clean. And I look at it, and his, his bed's made, and his room's clean. And I said, dude, you cleaned your room. And he was like, Papa, I was just sick of hearing your mouth, right? And I was like, I don't care what the motivation is. Your room's clean, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it was to actually clean yeah. it, not here in my mouth your room is clean and guess what there's more money these guys are playing for out there so unless they're going to turn down the money on the pj tour say no i don't want any more money don't give me any of that pip money or don't give me of this then you know everyone just tee it up and play where you want to play and make some money and um you know live happily ever after and hopefully there's some kind of you know, we talked about it earlier. I, I I can't wait to see the live versus PJ tour. Yeah, we got to get that. We got it's you know it's gotta happen. Yeah, it's gotta and happen. it's got to happen like next year too. I, I need I need mics on every player in caddy though. Yeah. The whole the whole round. I think that'd be a blast. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there. Let's let's go out there, uh, Rice, and, and and just start a bunch of noise. Like you know, like I'm oh, sure. 
you know, Cam, dude, Rory said your mama, you right? And yeah. you know, to like start some good stuff. But um, I don't know. I think it's it, it's. I guess golf is ready for change, huh? Yeah, but yeah. hey, it's like like I think whether we like it or not, it's ready. It's there. So the good thing is we're talking about it, right? Like we never were short of like entertainment when we had Tiger playing, right? And like you know, golf goes through waves, and and here we are. Like you know, Bryce and I have been hosting a podcast for over a hundred episodes now, and and it's been one of the biggest topics for the last ten. So it's been really right. cool, and it's changed so much, right? And like you know, we've seen people go through like. I don't know, just like waves of acceptance and stuff like that. And then more information coming out about contracts and, and incentivized deals and stuff like that to fit more like other, other pro sports and stuff. And like, I don't know, I think it's, Hey, change isn't always bad, right? It's not like, no. it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, you know, good to get people more interested in the game. And if, you know, if you want to watch it on YouTube and, or you want to watch it on TV, you have multiple options now. Right. So, um, no, you got to run a dub really appreciate you taking the time i know we took maybe more of your time than we should have but uh always appreciate the chat you guys are uh you guys are crushing it right now maybe at the end of the season we got to have you back on or you know in between or something like that see how things are going and get an update from you because it's always good to have a chat man awesome man no i, no, I appreciate you guys i mean it's it's fun like i could sit there and talk golf live college golf mm-hmm. tour you know junior golf <laughs> whatever you know, for, for, for hours. So no, I enjoy it, man. And, uh, thanks for having me on again. Yeah. All the best to you guys. And, uh, all, you know, your players are, are so good right now. We're fans. So if there's uh you know, if any of them ever want to hop on for a chat and want to kind of, uh, you know, give us that insight into college golf, let them know, send them over get them in contact with us and we'll, uh, we'll have a chat. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. All right. A-Dub. Thank you until next time, my friend. Take care. See you guys. He's out in my ball and of course so I tee up I lose the ball and I re-up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach and I'm on a par 5 And I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I ain't see it Feel like it might be an average I was working scenario